The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. We're going to be in Psalm 19, um, verse 7 through 14. We're going to read. I'll start in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You guys sensing a theme so far? More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. And and verse 14 says this, it's a prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How many of you have ever had a time in your life where you read the Bible, you spent some time in it, you were engaging the Word of God, but you walked away and you felt like nothing happened. Go ahead and put your hand up. My hand's up. That's happened to me before. It's like you're reading and you know, I'm reading divinely inspired text, but it doesn't always feel that way. You engage the scriptures, but it feels a little bit like you're just engaging any other book. In the passage that Hunter just read, Psalm 19, we see how wonderful the Word of God is and all that it can do in our life. But if we're to be honest, man, that's not always my experience. I don't always feel what the psalmist is describing. I mean, I engage the Word of God, but I don't feel changed. I read the Word of God, but I, I, don't, I don't feel any, any wiser. I, I spend time in His Word, but my, my heart doesn't rejoice. My eyes don't really seem to have been enlightened. More to be desired than gold? I mean, okay, so let's be honest with you, each other. If you were to have a person come up to you, and they were to say, I will give you a million dollars worth of gold if you don't read your Bible all week, how many of you would be a little bit tempted? A million dollars worth of gold. All right, we got a few honest people. My hands are up. You say, Pastor Nick, what would you tell us to do? I would tell you to listen to the Bible and tithe off that gold. That's what I would tell you to do. So that's what we call a win-win. No, but seriously, there's times when you struggle to, you read the word, but you struggle to find it sweet. Like the psalmist is saying, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. You read the word and it just feels like something's missing. Sometimes we think that it would be awesome if, man, it'd be, it'd be so much better if Jesus could just show up and just talk to me, right? Like if God would just come down, if the resurrected Jesus could come back each morning and just talk to me, then, man, I would have this amazing time in the Word. Then I would see the glory of God. But what I want to propose to us this morning is that spending time in the Bible, spending time in the Word of God will do the exact same thing for your heart, for your soul, and for your spiritual life as sitting at the feet of the resurrected Jesus. You say, how does this happen? How is, how is that even possible? Well, the Apostle John said this. He said that the Holy Spirit was going to come and enable him and the other eyewitnesses who saw the resurrected Jesus to put into words what they saw, John 14, 26 and 16, 23, so that people could see the glory of Christ by reading and believe and have eternal life. We can see and be changed by the glory of Christ without seeing a physically resurrected body. John 20, verse 29 says, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly Jesus did in the presence of the disciples, which were not written in this book, but get this, but these are written 
that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the God. What we have written in the Bible is enough for us. Believing that this is how Jesus talks to us, having faith that we have everything we need to experience the abundant Christian life, to experience eternal life, to experience everything that the disciples who saw Jesus can experience. Because we have his word of God. John Piper said, reading what is written is a window into the glory of Christ. Reading the Bible, reading what was written for us that was divinely inspired is a window so that we can see the glory of God. John 16 verse 13 says, how about, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, this is the Holy Spirit, it's come. Now we believe the Holy Spirit has come and we believe that once a person gets saved, they are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. It says, what will the Holy Spirit do? He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. This is Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit is going to glorify me. For he shall receive of mine, and it will show it unto you. The work of the Holy Spirit and the writings of the New Testament is to reveal the glory of Christ. And the tool the Holy Spirit uses is the word of God. Ephesians says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The word of God. So the Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us that engaging the Bible will do the very same thing for us that people experienced when they sat at the feet of Jesus. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. I love what he says in 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen. He's talking about Jesus. He's saying we heard Him, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. For the, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. So he's writing to people who did not see the resurrected Jesus, and he's telling them, look, we saw him, we touched him, we heard him, we sat at his feet, and if you believe what we're telling you, if you believe what we're writing unto you, it'll do the exact same thing. For this life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye may also have fellowship with us. John's saying, I want you to know what it's like to experience Jesus. And the way you experience that is by believing what we're telling you, by believing what is written for us. In these verses, John again says that what he had seen is now being turned into what he testifies and proclaims and writes. The intention is that faith and life he received by seeing the glory of Christ we too could see and believe and experience by reading what is written in the Word of God. Spending time in the Bible will do the exact same thing for your heart, for your soul, and for your spiritual life as it did for these disciples who saw Jesus, who experienced what it was like to be one of his followers. Which leads us to our theme this morning. The ultimate goal being in the Bible is that we would see God's glory His infinite beauty, His infinite worth, His infinite power, His infinite might, that we would see the glory of God, which leads our hearts to everlasting worship. Now, not only is believing this truth foundational to how we approach the Bible, because I'll be honest, there's times when I read it and it doesn't quite hit me like that, but if I were to be honest with myself, it's because I'm not really believing that this is how God wants to talk to me. Not only is believing this foundational, to how we approach the Bible, this truth should also blow our minds. Think about it. The very same life-changing power that people experience when they experience Jesus, we're holding in our hands. It's sitting in our laps. We have it on our phones. We have it with us everywhere we go. Now, with that foundation laid, how do we engage the Scriptures? 
How do we go about spending time with God in the Word of God? And for our first method that we're going to see, very simply, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to read the first four verses. They'll be up on the screens. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says this, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which is given to me to you, word, how that by revelation he, God, made known unto me the mystery as I wrote unto you four times. So Paul's saying, God made this known to me. He made this mystery of Jesus known to me. Get this, verse 4. Whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul is saying, when you read what I'm writing unto you, you can know what God had to reveal to me by divine revelation, which leads us to our first point this morning, and that is simply this, reading the scriptures. The first way we can engage the word of God, we can understand the mystery of Christ, when we can experience the glory of God, is by reading the scriptures. This is so wonderful because it's so simple. We can experience one of the unsearchable riches of Christ by the simplest act of reading his word. By the most ordinary act, we can understand this wonderful reality that we have in Jesus. In the Bible, the act of reading, we can see the glory of God. Now, do you want access to the riches in Christ? Do you want to comprehend what's the length and what's the depth and what's the height and the width of the mystery of Jesus? Do you want to comprehend it? Do you want to know it? Do you want to feel it? Paul says, then read. Read. Read the scriptures. If you've never read the Bible completely through, let me encourage you, make it your goal over the next 12 months. Say, I'm going to read the whole thing. If you have read the Bible, keep reading and reading and reading. Why? So that we can see the glory of Christ. Reading the Bible is how we see the glory of God. Now, with all that being said, we should also enjoy reading the Bible. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. It shouldn't be this thing, oh, I've got to go read the Bible. No, it should be a delight. Look at Psalm 19.10, uh, the verses Hunter read. He said, more to be desired are they than gold, more than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. You get the sense that David really, truly delighted in the Word of God. And as we spend time in His Word, and as we begin to see the glory of Christ, we're going to begin to savor it. We're going to begin to comprehend the love of Jesus for us. I think one of the biggest scams Satan has running is the lie that reading a Bible has to be a chore. I mean, this should be our biggest delight. A few practical things that will help us as we read the Word of God. One, help yourself out by finding an inviting space to read the Word. Have an inviting space. Have a space that's dedicated to reading the Bible. It might be at your kitchen table. It might be in a comfy chair in your living room. It might be in a home office. Whatever it is, find a space. Create a space. For you, it might be outside. It might be on your back patio as the sun is rising. Create an environment. Create a space where you enjoy going to and you look forward to spending time with God. Number two, this one's kind of silly but light some good smelling candles. You say, that's kind of weird, but if you had a big nose like me, you'd understand a good smell goes a long way. I blame my Italian genes for that. But no, good smells go a long way. It helps create a nice environment where you're looking forward to going and reading the Word of God. Number three, read in paragraph form, not verse form. I don't know if you realize this, but most of the chapters and verses in the Scripture weren't inspired. Now, I'm thankful for them. They're really helpful. It'd be really difficult to say, you know, Go to Romans somewhere in the middle. And I'm, I'm thankful for chapters and verses. But when the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write, he wasn't like, all right, Romans chapter 1, verse number 1. I, Paul, a prisoner. No. They're there to helpful. But if you look at the punctuation, you'll notice that a lot of times the verses actually break up the scriptures in the middle of even sentences. So sometimes it's not even a complete sentence, a verse. And so if you read in paragraph form, it helps you to get a bigger picture 
of what the Bible's talking about. It helps you to get the context and the flow. A lot of Bibles even have what's called a reader's version. Well, they'll take some of those out so you can just sit and read the scriptures. You can get a picture of what God is trying to do. You can see the big picture of scripture there. Most apps will have a, a setting where you can make it so it breaks it up by paragraph. Read in paragraph form. Next, set aside time for longer reading. I would encourage you to read the Bible every day. But most of us have busy lives, and if you have even, especially if you have little kids at home, finding that dedicated time can be a challenge. So spend, try to spend time in the Word of God every day, but let me encourage you with this. Once a week, set up a date with you and God where you're just going to say, I'm just going to take maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes to do nothing but read and just soak in the Word of God. Soak in the Scriptures. See the context. Get the big picture. Set aside times in your regular rhythms where you can have longer periods of reading the Bible. My wife and I, we talk every day. Well, let me tell you, date nights are essential. Why? Because we can have a longer, dedicated time to get to know each other and talk to each other. It's the same with your relationship with God. Set aside a longer time so you can read and you can see the big picture. Next, get a Bible that you just love to open up. I mean, you go to the Christian bookstore and they have like Bibles galore. My wife hates it when I walk in there because I always want to buy a new one, even though I have like a bazillion at my house. But find a Bible that you like. You like the binding. You like the typeface. You like everything about it. You enjoy reading it. This is going to sound weird, but you like the smell. How many of you like the smell of leather? Anybody? Yeah, get a good leather-bound Bible, and you'll enjoy it. Find a Bible that you like. And lastly, most importantly, read the Bible to get to know God. Read the Bible to get to know God, not create a to-do list. I think the reason we often find reading the Bible a chore is because we look to the Bible to give us our chores. Read it to get to know God. God wants you to know him. That's why he gave you his word. Read it to understand his character. Read the Bible to understand his attributes, to understand how he thinks. Read the Bible to get to know God. Reading the Bible shouldn't be a chore. It should be our delight. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, David said. But let's move on. Our next method of engaging the scriptures, turn to Psalm 119, verse number 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Memorizing the word of God is a great way to tune your heart to the goodness and grace of Christ, which is our next thought, memorizing the scriptures. Memorizing the scriptures. Now, if you've been a Christian for a long time, I have no doubt you've heard about memorizing the Bible lots. You know all the benefits. You know it's a valuable thing to do. The idea of having the storehouse of Scripture memory for the Holy Spirit to use at a moment's notice is an awesome thing. And you're like, yeah, I would love to do that. But a lot of us, that's about as far as it goes. Because the idea of memorizing all these verses that the Holy Spirit can use maybe at some point later down the road seems a little daunting. So let me encourage you with this. Don't look at memorizing Scripture as something that can help you at some point later down the road when you don't know. Memorizing Scripture is a tremendous thing. It's a tremendous means of grace that can help you in the here and in the now. When it comes to memorizing Scripture, instead of just thinking about it as stocking up for a certain time, look at it as feeding your soul now. At least for now, put aside revealing large stacks of verses written out on three-by-five cards. Put aside the idea that I have to have this storehouse in your mind. Memorizing the Bible is good for your soul today. Memorizing Scripture can help you experience victory over sin because it's feeding your soul. It's allowing your mind to be renewed little by little, day by day, after the mind of God. I mean, think about it. When you memorize Scripture, you're literally memorizing. You're literally training your brain to think the way God thinks. Is it any wonder it gives us victory over sin? 
because we'll start thinking about sin the way God does. It loses its appeal. Why? Because we're thinking like God thinks. When we learn scripture by heart, we're not just memorizing ancient, enduringly relevant texts. We're listening to and learning the voice of our creator and redeemer himself. We're literally training our brain to think the way God thinks, renewing our mind with his thoughts. Memorizing scripture is the most specific way we can mold our minds after the mind of God. That's why it's called hiding it in your heart. It's how it becomes valuable to you. It's why it becomes sweet to you, because you're hiding it in your heart. You're thinking the way God thinks. It turns us into the kind of people who walk after the Spirit. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. How do we do that? You put on the new man. How do you do that? By renewing your mind, by memorizing Scripture. A few practical things that will help us to memorize Scripture. One, memorize by walking around. Your body has a natural rhythm and a natural cadence to it. And as you try to learn the scriptures as you're walking around, it's going to sink in. It's going to help you to remember it. It's going to help it to become a part of you. Memorize by walking around. Next, diversify what verses you memorize. The Bible has a wide variety of topics that cover all types of things that can be helpful in your life. So diversify what verses you pick. Pick different verses on different topics. Pick verses on the gospel. Pick verses on the spirit-filled life. Pick verses on church. Pick lots of different verses. Diversify what verses you memorize. memorize. Number three, seek to understand, feel, and apply the text as you memorize. Seek to understand it. Seek to feel it. Seek to apply it as you memorize. This isn't being able to recite each verse with word-for-word perfection. Learning by heart is secondary to taking it to heart. The idea is, and so I can stand up here and recite a verse for you perfectly, the idea is that my mind is changed and that my mind is transformed. So maybe slay the dragon of perfectionism for a little bit and just try to have this renew your mind. Seek to understand it. Seek to feel it. Seek to apply the scripture. Learning by heart is secondary to taking it to heart. The ultimate goal of engaging the scriptures is that we would see God's glory, which leads to everlasting worship. And if our Bible memorization isn't leading us to see God's glory and it isn't leading us to worship, we might be missing the point. Now, memorizing scripture goes hand in hand with our next point, and that is meditating on the scriptures. Psalms 19, verse 14, at the end of our text, David wraps up this psalm by saying, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, when we talk about meditation, it's easy to kind of get some wacky images that come to our mind, right? Like you might think about a monk in some cave who's levitating and humming in deep tones. You probably have heard about meditating as emptying your mind of everything and being one with your surroundings and being one with the force or some mumbo jumbo like that. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about biblical meditation. Biblical uh, meditation is a lot more different. It's actually a lot more normal. It simply means to fill your mind with scripture. God doesn't want you to empty your mind of nothing. It's a good thing to think, right? And he wants you to fill your mind with scripture. He wants us not just to hear him, but to stop and to think about it and to ponder it and to mull it over in our heads. For Christians, meditation is best described in Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. When it's talking about the word of Christ, it's talking about the gospel. Let the gospel dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you. Hide it in your heart. Think about it over and over and over again. The biblical definition for the word meditate means to muse or to mutter. Basically, you're just thinking about it over and over and over again. You're pondering it. You're chewing on it for a while. You're letting it soak into your heart. You're letting it soak into your mind. You're letting it 
change you. So instead of thinking about this guy when you think about meditating, that's not what we're talking about. Think about this guy. You say, what does he have to do with meditating? Have you ever seen a cow chew on something really fast and swallow it really quickly? No. What do they do? They just slowly kind of chew on it, working it around so they can feel it. Now, if you can meditate on the scriptures without drooling like a cow, that would be ideal. But this is the picture of what we're talking about. You just chew on it for a while. You just think about it until it soaks into your heart and into your life. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I, we got two gift cards to Pismo's Grill. Grill? Cafe? Anyway, it's over in River Park. And uh, Ruth's Chris uh, Steakhouse. And let me tell you, that made for two phenomenal back-to-back dates. We only had one kid at the time, so finding a babysitter was a lot easier. As a side note, it's crazy. We've had two kids in a year and a half, but that's how it goes. Um, anyways, we went to those restaurants, and at both of them, we ordered steak. And man, let me tell you, that steak was amazing. The juice, the flavor, perfectly cooked, medium rare, soaked in butter, served on a sizzling hot plate. It was amazing, amazing food. You know what we didn't do? We didn't just scarf it down really fast. No, we enjoyed it. We savored it. We enjoyed every bite of that perfectly cooked meat at both restaurants. It was like, this is amazing. We took our time. Why? Because we really wanted to enjoy it. You know what type of food is good to scarf down really fast? McDonald's. In fact, the faster you can eat that, the better. The less it's on your tongue, the less you have to taste it. That's, that's ideal. But that steak from Pismo's or Roos Chris, no, we, you, you enjoy it. Why? You eat it slow. You know what's the sad truth? A lot of times I treat the Bible more like McDonald's than I do that fine steak. Just real quick, just try to, okay, I read my Bible for the day, I'm good to go. Instead of slowing down and enjoying the scriptures, understanding what it says, allowing it to not just affect my mind, but sink down into my heart. That's why David said, your, your word, it's like, it's better than honey, it's better than gold, it's better than anything. Why? Because he slowed down and he enjoyed it. Meditating on the scriptures helps us to slow down and enjoy the scriptures and see what is there. Meditation is deep thinking on truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. I love 2 Timothy 2.7. It says, consider what I say and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. That word consider means to think. Meditate. Ponder it. And the Bible says as you do that, the Lord's going to give you understanding. As you meditate on the scriptures, as you think about it, as you chew it over, as you just mole on it, slowly digesting the word of God, allowing it to affect your heart and your emotions. The ultimate goal of engaging the scriptures is that we would see and savor God's glory. It doesn't happen when we just rush through it and forget about it. Psalm 119.15, I will meditate on thy precepts. 119.99, thy testimonies are my meditations. A few practical things that will help us meditate. One, meditate by memorizing. It's easy to hear a sermon like this. I think, okay, I've got to have 30 minutes for reading, 30 minutes for memorizing, and 30 minutes for meditation. But you don't. The beauty is you can do a lot of these things simultaneously. As you're memorizing, you're meditating. You're thinking about it. As you're trying to memorize it to apply it to your life, you're thinking about it. You're mulling it over and over. So memorize Scripture and meditate on the Scripture. They go hand in hand when you meditate and memorize together. Next, repeat, repeat, repeat. As you're reading your Bible, if there's a verse that sticks out to you, and the Holy Spirit really uses it to speak to your heart, there's no rule that says you have to read 10 more chapters after that. Stop what you're doing and think about that verse. Meditate on that verse. Pray about that verse. Allow the Holy Spirit to use that verse in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. If you set aside 20 minutes for your Bible reading, and five minutes in you come across a verse, and it just jumps off the page at you, 
Don't feel like you have to keep reading till the end of that 20 minutes. Just take the next 15 minutes and think about what you read. Meditate on it. Mull over it. Try to memorize that verse. Pray about it. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, in your weekly guide this week, there's an exercise. It has a verse in there. And, and, and what it does is it, you repeat the verse over and over again. And each time you repeat it, you focus on a different word. What that does is that helps you to see the verse from all different kinds of angles as you emphasize different parts of that verse. And it helps you to think about it. So just repeat it over and over again. Ask questions that help you think about the verse in a different way. We have several of those in your weekly guide too. Ask questions that help you think about it. Who are these people? How does this apply to me? How should this verse affect my actions? How should this verse affect my affections? How does this verse need to change the way I think? Ask questions. Keep the verse in front of you throughout the day. I I struggle with this sometimes. It's like I read a verse and man, it really speaks to me. It jumps out the page at me. And then it's like the rest of the day, where to go? Keep that verse in front of you throughout the day. Write it on a three-by-five card. Make it your phone screen. So every time you pull out your phone, I mean, think about how many times we pull out our phone every day. Dozens and dozens. And imagine every time you pull out your phone, that verse was right there. And you can meditate on it for a minute, and it would remind you. Keep that verse in front of you throughout the day. Set reminders on your phone or set appointments with yourself just to take a minute throughout the day to think about what you read, to remind you, man, that was so good. And just think about it. Warm your soul at the fire of meditation. The ultimate goal in engaging the scriptures is that we would see God's glory, which leads to everlasting worship. The design of the whole scripture, John Owen said, and all the parts of it, hath an impress on it of divine wisdom and authority. And hereof there are two parts. So he's saying there's two, there's two points, there's two purposes to the Bible. The first is to reveal God unto man. If you want to get to know God, spend time in his word. The word of God is the authoritative revelation of God himself that he gave to us. So the first part is to reveal God unto man. Secondly, it's to direct men to come unto the enjoyment of God. God wants you to enjoy your relationship with him. God wants you, God wants you to be helped by the word of God. It could be helpful, but we have to spend time in it. Spend time in it. Allow the scriptures to soak into your heart and your life. Think about it. The same word that spoke the universe into existence. You read Genesis and over and over, God said, and it happened. That same word, the same word that the prophets would herald and the kings would bow to. The same word that healed the sick and raised the dead. The same word that calmed the storm. That same word we hold in our hands. We have it in our laps. Why wouldn't we want to spend time with it? Why wouldn't we want to engage it? The word of God is helpful and it has the power to change our life. Let's be a church that loves the word of God. That values the word of God. Because we love and we value God and we want to get to know God and we want to think the way God thinks. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.